Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to the Alter Tapes. It's a weekly podcast that looks at a new Alter short with a rotating roster of co-hosts. I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm joined by Adrian Rodriguez. Hi, Adrian. Hi. And today we are talking about Backstroke by Robbie Barclay. And this is an interesting one. I always love reading the log lines for Alter shorts because they are often misleading and or very brief so this one's actually not bad it says two runaway teens amber played by josephine christopherson and jake played by shamar jones steal a car with dreams of heading down to florida but things take a dark turn after a dangerous game and i was like "Ooh, alter you almost got it right up until the end there like i'm sorry <laughs> what is the dangerous game we're playing i was a little confused by that also i was waiting for something else to happen Mm-hmm. It didn't. But, I, you know, I enjoyed what we were presented either way. Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the more straightforward shorts that I've covered uh, from my tenure on the pod. We were talking about this before we started recording. It's like, it's 10 minutes. It's kind of dead simple. But right. I think it's quite effective. Oh, yeah. Anything involving isolation, camping, mm-hmm. being away from society... That kind of stuff freaks me out. So when I watched this in, first off, it was 10 minutes. I'm the type of girl, you know, I'm going to look for something short, sweet, to the point. So I was like, this has a good amount of views. It's 10 minutes. I was like, let me see what it's giving. And Mm -hmm. yeah, by the end of it, I was really unnerved a little bit. And I think, I don't know, the acting and just like the facial expressions, everything just works for me. So it definitely freaked me out to the point where I was like, I want, so this has to be an option of something I would like to talk about just because it's so freaky. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah when i watched it part of me thought okay i think that this is really effective but like a lot of things in horror i do feel like for certain people this would hit all the more strongly Mm. so basically folks amber ends up going skinny dipping in this lake and she keeps waiting for jake to join her and instead she's confronted by a man who is played by tom frank and he He's killing her with kindness in a very creepy, insidious way. Mm. And, like, he basically is standing in front of her clothes, so she's naked and trapped. And then he ends up eventually leaving, and she goes to, like, run back to the car. There's no sign of Jake. This man has insinuated he's dead. And then the short just ends super abruptly as you realize somebody's in the backseat with her. Ah, I love it. But, like, do you think that this hits harder for female or female identifying audience members because like i don't know about you i haven't had too too many encounters with a predatory man or woman i guess who 
makes me feel this uncomfortable. 100% for sure. I mean, again, you know, that's not an experience that I have, but I can only imagine being a woman and having to walk through the world. And I mean, men are, uh, you know, I do my best to try to be cordial with men. Uh, <laughs> but there's just times where they're just in general, they're just off putting at times, although strongly attracted to them at the sure. same time. Like I'm strongly off put by like almost everything that happens and everything that they say and do and the way they, they react towards things. So I can only imagine having to be a woman and just men, just the thought process of how they kind of go through life and just act like they, they're always in a position of power. So mm -hmm. especially in this scene specifically, I mean, he has her when she's naked in the water. She yeah. can't run. It's hard for her to get away. And it's like a sick, twisted, perverted way of him still trying to show his power over her mm -hmm. by having her be in a super vulnerable position. So, yeah, he's really, really creepy. Like for the few minutes that he's on the screen, I'm like, I don't like this guy at all. Yeah, the part that really gets me, because initially, you know, she's there, she's waiting, and then she notices that there's just this random dude. And I love that he's so innocuous. He is a generic white dude just standing <laughs> yeah. there. He's not making overtures to her. He doesn't have a weapon, but just his sheer presence. And it's framed in this extreme long shot, so you can just see there is nothing else around them. Like, it is these two people, and the only distance between them is how deep into the water she is. Right. And he's like, oh, I can't hear you very well. Can you come a little bit closer? And at one point, she's like, you know what? I'm just really interested in having a swim, kind of like me time, as in, please fuck off and leave me alone. <laughs> and she starts to swim away, but he can walk as quickly as she can swim. And you're just like, oh, fuck. There's, there's no way to get away from this dude. Yeah, it's really unsettling. And again, like, he knows what he's doing for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what the story he is, like, is going on here either. I mean, it starts off with them, like, running off, her and her boyfriend, Jake. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know what's going on. We do no. hear, like, an audio message or, like, a voice message uh, from her mother that was left mm -hmm. for her, I believe. She's going to be like, hey, I'm sorry about what happened. You know, like, we can talk about it. And... I definitely feel like it's it has to be a message right after she goes missing. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from that beginning message. Oh, interesting. I hadn't even thought of it that way. But yeah, that would totally make sense. Yeah, because at first, obviously, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, she's running away because, you know, her and her mom had a fight or something's mm -hmm. going on. But yeah, in my head, I was like, that has to be once the movie ended. I was like, maybe that was like a voice message that she was leaving for her after she never returned from this crazy right. trip that she was having. So maybe that was the idea, but I kind of like that starting point. I, I'm the type of person where sometimes if you give me a little bit of uh, last chapter, you know, at the beginning of the movie, mm -hmm. I don't mind that. I kind of like the guessing game and like kind of building up to that point. So maybe that's just how my mind read it. Right. That is so fascinating. This is why I love having these conversations because I just default assume, okay, we're getting some contextual information about why she's running away. It's yeah, because she had a fight with her mom, but Thinking about it the way you've described it adds this whole other grim layer because if we read it that way, then she's probably dead and or gone and has been yeah. for quite some time and they're telling you right up front. Exactly. Also, she is wild, completely wild, animalistic with a loaded gun because that entire scene was almost as off-putting as like the ending water scene like that entire scene also just like super uncomfortable with what was happening on the screen yeah i mean one of the things that i really started to pay closer attention to as we do this show because shorts you know they're 
they're dealing with smaller budgets, often compressed shooting times, and fewer actors. So I'm taking note of the gender discrepancy, I'm taking note of people of color, and I'm taking note of queer or LGBTQIA characters, right? right? And in this short, we've got a presumably heterosexual couple, but she is white and he is black. They find this gun in the glove compartment box and he shows her how to shoot and you're like, oh, okay, this is a little bit macho. It's a little bit sexy because, you know, you always have one person standing behind the other person <laughs> teaching them how to shoot. But then she gets playful, but to the point where she actually turns the gun on him, she forces him to get on his knees and it's not sexual enough for me to think right. that, like, I think this could be inferred as the dangerous game or one of the two dangerous games in this short, but it's an interesting power subversion, right? Where this white woman is holding a black man at gunpoint and then she runs off and has her own power imbalance or power game with this man on the short. So it's like, oh. part of me is like, oh, it's almost like she, I don't want to say she brings it upon herself, but right. she's put into the position that she put Jake into earlier. Yeah, and I don't know if I also want to, like, I don't know if I should read into it too much, but, you know, whatever. Things are up for interpretation. Because when you put mm -hmm. it like that, maybe it is, like, almost like a a quick look inside of the societal, like, positions of power here. Right. Because, you know, we have a straight white man, presumably, straight white man at the very top. Then we have a straight white woman, and then we have a man of color, a black man, mm -hmm. right? And they each take turns just trying to pull the, the power card on each other. Right. So it's, maybe if it's, like maybe if that's what the director was going for here, then I really maybe enjoy that a little bit more. Because mm -hmm. um, it definitely adds more layers to this very bare bones scenario of like, you know, two people running off into the woods and a crazy person finding them and, you know, yeah. offing them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, one of the powers of shorts, right? Is that you can put such a punch into such a short amount of time. Because I had the exact same initial reaction. Like, I watched this twice, and the first time I thought, okay, this is very well shot. I actually really like the setting and the cinematography, like the isolation of the woods, but it looks gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Except there's something scary in it, so that's always what? fun. <laughs> but then the second time around, I was like, oh, I think there's a little bit more going on here than I realized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm an aesthetics whore. So if the film <laughs> looks gorgeous and sounds gorgeous, and yeah. if the actors are, you know, putting everything into it, I'm immediately like just taken into the world. I mean, I'm the type of person where most plots are silly to me in general. Mm -hmm. uh, but if the aesthetics are there, and if I can tell that there's effort put into it, I am like really immediately drawn to those kinds of things. So this was one of those shorts too, where in watching it, I was uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. like with the switches of the power dynamic, I was like, I don't know if I like was vibing, but I loved the way it looked. I loved the way the shots were handled. I loved the way that uh, our main actress, who is, I already forgot her name. It's Amber. That's the character or the actress's name is Josephine Christofferson. Yeah, I love her acting in general in this entire short. I think she's phenomenal. She kind of mm -hmm. gives me a little bit of like Catherine Isabel, you know, yes, Jewish cast, yes, yes, Freddy yes. Jason, I'm American so happy Marriott. you said that because that's exactly who I thought of too. Yeah, the entire time I saw her and I was like, I was like, she's giving me some Catherine Isabel. At the very beginning when she's like sleeping on the car or the steering wheel, I, can't even, I don't drive often, on the steering yeah. wheel, <laughs> she gave me like a little bit of Brittany Murphy also for like a split oh, second. Okay. And I was like, okay, but definitely Catherine Isabel. Uh, maybe that's what it is. I love Catherine Isabel. So yes. I was just maybe really drawn to the actress. I was like, I like her. <laughs> yes, I love that comparison. I'm definitely getting those same kind of, it's like a steely adversity, but also some vulnerability mixed in. 
Yes, I love it. It's like the something with the eyes. I don't know. I mean, I'm not an actor or anything, but like something in her eyes makes her feel very vulnerable. But yeah, mm-hmm. her dynamic, her body, the way she carries herself is very like, yeah, rambunctious punk girl of the 90s. I really like it. Right. Yeah, she's very believable as a kid who's maybe gotten in over her head and has decided, okay, yeah, we're going to steal this car and run away. But also, you could see her realizing one day into the journey, no, I made a big mistake and I need to go home to mom and dad. Yeah, very that. She also wears a choker. So, you know, she's yes. braver than most. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> her character development is A choker and great. pigtails. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love it. I love her entire, just her presence in this movie is great. The comment section's awful. You know, they're always, the comments are always an awful place they're to weird. go to. Yeah. But in the video on YouTube, somebody does offer up like a quick theory, which I think is kind of interesting, where they kind of presume that Jake's already dead and maybe she's having like some type of, you know, mental. Uh, you know, struggle through this process because there's the moment when she wakes up and you know there's that long shot where she looks into the driver's seat and nobody's already gone yeah and then when she runs up with the gun he he disappears without there being any type of struggle or any type of noise being heard so that's like a theory that they have and at the very end which is what maybe that's the only reason the only reason i fall into this theory is because at the end when he's calling her Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's supposed to be that the man has his phone and is trying to call her right but then how does he know her name and like so i'm like i maybe there's something going on mentally that's also a fun way to look at it so that's the only reason i bought into that theory in the comments Ooh, yeah that's definitely an added twist i mean i think that raises more questions than the short has well obviously any interest in answering but I I do like that little bit too because I will say the end of the short is the part that leaves me a little bit cold and maybe it's just because it's so abrupt right I mean shorts yeah. love to leave you with a dangling question or a cliffhanger and this one is very much you know oh does he get her does she crash the car does she die what happens next make a feature make a sequel I want it all kind of deal yeah exactly but yeah I I also find it just a little bit too familiar like as soon as she gets in the car and begins driving away i almost immediately knew that it was going to end this way and i didn't find it as satisfying i definitely agree the ending is uh she's not my favorite and it's just like the whole leaving everything up for interpretation is fine obviously it's a short Mm -hmm. but i'm the type of person too and in doing the podcast and like watching the shorts and like discussing it a little bit more thoroughly when we start to have discussions like oh yeah this is interesting it actually makes the short really fun and then you get to the ending and they always end very abruptly it always leaves you very much like with wanting more and especially with something like this even if it's kind of simple and what it's doing i want more by the time it ends it's like i don't want it to end like this i need to know Mm -hmm. what happens next because you know a random person in the backseat is spooky but i need to know what's going on why is he calling her does this other man have her phone there's just so many unanswered questions that i need answered (laughs) yeah agreed so okay let's say if we did get more of this what would you want to see like would you want it to end here and follow the search for the missing kids or would you want to see what happens immediately next like a tussle in the car and she crashes it or something dang that's that makes it so tough because like immediately where my mind goes to is the film that came out i think it was just a couple years ago uh called alone let me see oh yes i love that one yeah see so i watched that movie i enjoyed it but for me at the you know the cat and mouse game it Mm -hmm. can quickly feel stale for me so even watching that movie where it's fantastic and i love the ending that Mm -hmm. middle portion i'm just like 
like I just maybe something else switch it up a little bit not to ever take away from like the story that's being told but I'm like sometimes I get bored a little bit so with this kind of scenario and this short that's kind of where my mind is leaning towards I'm like we can definitely have like a cat and mouse and he chases her around and it could be done well I don't know if we could I don't know horror is so quick to throw in like supernatural elements so I don't know if like the theory of him being dead and her seeing his ghost or whatnot Mm -hmm. could also be fun it could maybe be interesting or maybe like a Thelma and Louise thing where it's her and the ghost of her boyfriend, you know, running away from this man or something. I don't know. Right. Switch it up, make a camp, <laughs> do something a little bit different. But yeah, I can honestly, it would probably go more in the direction of alone, perhaps. Maybe, I don't know. That's probably the most logical way to go with this. That's the only way I can see it going, to be honest. I think tonally, that would also be a really good fit. Folks, if you haven't seen Alone, it's basically a woman who is moving across the country and she gets tailed by a guy and then he ends up abducting her, taking her to a cottage in the woods and then she ends up breaking out and the rest of the film is her trying to get away, trying to find a cell phone, trying to find someone to help her and it's really, really tense, but it does even have a lot of the same kind of visual iconography as this short where it's like, we're deep in the woods, not a lot of other people around, gotta make use of your surroundings or else you're probably going to die. Yeah. It's a really good movie. The first 30 minutes are so terrifying, so. Yeah. And again, it's, it's very much like a gendered perspective where you can't trust men because they often want to do really terrible fucking things to you. Right, exactly. I can't stand it. But <laughs> <laughs> Men, yeah. why are you like this? Why? Why can't we just live happily in peace? <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that I would probably... I could definitely see it going in that direction. But I do also often like the idea of taking the short and then recontextualizing it by introducing new things or things that would tell the story in a slightly different way so i think it would be interesting to like leave this character or these characters and then have like a new batch of people who come in and then maybe we reintroduce amber and maybe jake if he's still alive later on when it's like a new group of people and then they all end up getting either stalked or killed or they have to band together or something like that i guess i'm thinking of like uh friday the 13th the remake because we do admittedly get a girl in a lake being stalked by a man. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great opening scene, for sure. And I love when an opening scene in a movie definitely, you know, takes the the initiative to be longer than a few minutes, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see that. And maybe, yeah, And, and but would you think that the guy would come back? Would it be the same oh, creepy yeah. white man? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It'd be weird if they did come back and, like, what if, like, Jake and uh, Amber were, like, I don't know, on his side or something crazy? I mean, there's definitely different ways that they could take this entire story. But, yeah, this is a solid opening scene for another movie, for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, as as it stands, I quite like this short. I think I rated it, like, three and a half out of five. And it's just that little smidge at the end where I was like, mm, either wish it didn't go the sort of predictable formulaic route and or continue on and just give me something else beyond that agreed agreed a solid three three and a half is definitely what i would give this one as uh, out of five as well because yeah i don't you know the ending wasn't it for me i think a short can definitely be wrapped up and maybe a little bit of a nicer package not that it bothers me that much because most times you know they're gonna end abruptly mm-hmm. um but yeah the ending definitely was a little for me and yeah, beyond that, I think it's great, you know, simple in what it's doing, but it's a fun sit through. Well, 
you know, fun for horror lovers. We like to feel, <laughs> we like to feel uncomfortable. So exactly, yeah. But I would be curious to know. So anybody who's listening to this, if you have checked out Backstroke, if you had a very different reaction, if you subscribe to one of these readings more than the other ones, I'd be very curious to know if you and this YouTube commenter have like rocked people's worlds with your interpretation of that opening message and also the potential that Jake is a ghost or not real. I would love to know if people either subscribe to those ideas or if they uh, feel like we're completely off the mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please tell me. <laughs> okay, well, Adrian, if people wanted to tell you, how would they get in touch with you? Oh, oh fantastic. Thank you. Uh, so you can find me on all of my own personal social media sites at Adrian Ray. That's Ray with two E's, so R-A-E-E. And you could listen and follow my podcast, the Slasher Podcast. And we're on all socials at, at slash underscore her underscore pod. And yeah, it was fun to talk about this movie this week with you, Joe. Absolutely. Yeah. And if folks want to get in touch with me, you can do so at B Stole My Remote. And that's the letter B. And I also have another podcast called Horror Queers that comes out every Wednesday. And that's just at Horror Queers. Okay, so this is another episode of the Alter Tapes. I guess that'll put a wrap on Backstroke. But um, I don't know, I guess my takeaway message is like, just be really careful if you're going to go skinny dipping, because you never know who's out there. Right, and you never know what'll crawl into your body, so definitely be careful. I oh, okay. I know we're <laughs> wrapping up, but I was literally like, "Oh, is it going to be leeches? Is it going to be something gross in the water?" Oh no. Oh no, I'm afraid that my ass will be eaten in the worst way possible if I ever go skinny dip, uh, skinny dipping in any sense of the word. So I avoid <laughs> that kind of stuff. So you know, if you do it, all the power to you. But that's not my gig. It's the one time I've ever heard you say that you didn't want your ass eaten, Adrian. Yeah, I know, right? Unprecedented. When does this come out, by the way? Do we know when this hits the, the airwaves? Um, right. Well, F it. Happy Pride Month, either way. <laughs> to all listeners, happy Pride Month. <laughs> Don't forget, every month is Pride Month. Yeah, especially when people should be eating each other's butts. Right, exactly. And skinny dipping. And yeah, you know, very, very queer, very gay energy. Skinny dipping, ass eating, happy mm, Pride. There we go. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> the Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.